Are you, Are you ready? ready? Let's go! Don't you sometimes just want to talk about everything? You know, there's days when you can just talk, 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 about anything. Need to sit back and chat about nothing at all? Nothing but Julie. Coming at you with fun and creative topics and interviews. Did you hear Julie's podcast? She's got the greatest topic. I did. I love it. Come join the chat about everything, anything, and nothing. So unwind and tune in to Nothing But Julie. Great topics and cool interviews. With some pretty awesome people. And now, without further delay, here's Nothing But Julie. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Jane Trigger. I'm your host of the Nothing But Julie podcast. And today I am interviewing my sister, Marlo Richards, who I have been trying to get on my podcast, but she's extremely busy. So I now have her here. Hey, Marlo. Hello. So Marlo is uh, my sister. Like I said, she's 13 months older than me. She is uh, an artist. And I thought it would be such a great interview having someone that is so creative and so talented, like my sister, be on here. And she can kind of tell us a bit about what inspires her and how she decides on what pieces she wants to make. So Marlo... Say yes. hi to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hi, so, everyone. So um, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, you flatter me. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I So much of what I do is really just to keep myself busy, during, especially the last two years. But yeah. it has really grown and expanded into a big part of my business, which is amazing. Not everybody's lucky enough to have something that they love to do become a part of their business. But I actually got to make that happen. So yeah. I'm super grateful for that. And but, when, um, when we were younger, I remember you started doing art at a young age. You were so good at it. I, you took art lessons for a short time, didn't you? It's so funny because people always ask me when I really I started painting. And yeah. I always really think when I really started really painting was only five years ago. I dabbled as right. a child. I took one oil painting class when I was 12 years old and that was it. And I really liked it, but we moved after that and I never took another art class again. And I kind of ended up losing interest. You know, I got to be a teenager and, mm -hmm. you know, all that teenage angst and boys and grades and pimples. And I wasn't thinking about <laughs> art back then. And so it really took until my 40s, my late 40s to get interested in art again. And um, I had made a career of making jewelry for so many years. And I wasn't a jewelry person or a jewelry wearer, but it was creative for me. And then suddenly about four or five years ago, I decided I need to learn how to paint like for real. And so, so that's kind of when it started again. Would you, well, I, I do remember the drawings that you had that mom kept in the basement for a period of time. Remember those? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I always liked to sketch and draw things and yes. I would just, even on like um, construction paper, which if you save construction paper for 30 years, it just crumbles into nothing. Mm. So don't draw on construction paper. That's a good tip. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. But <laughs> yeah. so what would you say? 
it was that kind of inspired you to get starting with the painting? Was it the jewelry and the creativity that, that you were craving and you wanted to do something different? It was definitely a combination of things because I was getting a lot of my creative outlet through making jewelry and it was fun. I made really nature inspired because I'm always nature inspired jewelry. I made a lot of trees and suns and flowery things. And, you know, I did a lot of wire wrapping, but it was very hard on my hands and it wasn't quite the creative outlet I really was looking for, but I just didn't know what I was looking for. And I was at a show. I was at an event and it was um, in a hotel and I was selling my jewelry and I was next to a woman who was a painter and she did abstract art and the event was terrible. It was so boring. There, Nobody was there. And we got to talking and talking and talking. And I was watching her painting and it was abstract. So it wasn't anything like that scared me because it was, you know, just simple colors. She was using ink, laying them down. She was actually using a hairdryer, blowing the ink around and mm. then taking a Sharpie and doing some outlining. And it was this very pretty art. And it just for some reason inspired me. And of course, I always think nature and trees. So I said to her, do you mind if I completely steal that technique from you, but make it into my own? And she said, go ahead. And I went home literally that weekend after that weekend of being bored at a show and just started playing with watercolors in the technique that she showed me, but making trees. I ended up making over a hundred tree paintings in the next two years and creating this and all watercolor and Sharpie and creating this amazing like deck of meditation cards with them. And that's the thing that finally got me saying, nope, I really want to paint. I really want to paint. Mm. And so it really was triggered by this moment, this single moment. And I still keep in touch with this woman actually on social media. And she mm. even visited me at one of my shows once. And, you know, I thanked her profusely for just influencing me in this amazing way. And who knew at the time it would lead to where I am now. But right. um, meanwhile, watercolor wasn't really my thing. I never got great at it. And so that moves us along to where I am now, which is alcohol ink painting. So I, I want to talk about the alcohol ink in just a minute. But yeah. is, is there anything in particular that motivates you to create? Do you have any like source of motivation? What really kind of gets you going? Is it just a feeling? Do you miss it? Is there, you know, what really motivates you that's so interesting I mean I guess it's different on different at at different times like sometimes I see a photograph or I take a photograph that is just so beautiful that I just want to paint something that's reminiscent of it and so that could be motivating like I took a trip to Hawaii a few years ago and the rainbow eucalyptus trees Oh my gosh, if you've never seen a rainbow rainbow eucalyptus tree, everybody needs to go look that up right now. They are gorgeous. I had never (laughs) heard of them until I went to Hawaii. And seeing those trees inspired many paintings because they were just breathtaking. Um, And so that that happened there. But then other times it's more could be a mood. I could just feel like I need to I need to create something. I just have to get it out of me. I've got to do something. It's it's almost like a meditation. So if I'm even if I'm feeling like a little anxious, sometimes if I create something, it makes me feel better. So it's it depends. My mood can can really affect like my creativity, but I can be inspired by many different types of things. You know, um, I tried the alcohol ink last week. Yes, you did. And 
yeah, Marlo thinks that I did a, a good job at first, which I think I kind of did, but then I wanted to get more creative, which was so funny because I am so not creative when it really comes to art. And I, I feel like I messed up the whole thing and I started actually getting frustrated. And it, it's so amazing to me because when, when you watch Marlo paint, it's like, it's almost like she, she, not only does she know what she's doing, but she had actually said to me, sometimes she just lets the alcohol ink do its thing and then it can transform a picture. So Definitely. why don't you, can you talk about that? Like how does the alcohol ink actually go through this transformation? What do you have to do to make it do that? Yeah, it's, it's really an interesting medium. It's like nothing I've ever worked with. And I'm pretty obsessed with it at this point because in some ways it's really hard to control, but in some ways it's really easy to control. Um, you, I personally paint on something called UPO paper. It's a plastic synthetic type of paper. Um, you can really paint on anything as long as it's non-porous. It, it, you don't, the, the alcohol ink only does its magic if it cannot get absorbed into the paper. It has to lay on the surface because if it's laying on the surface, you can reactivate it and it can continue to move and flow and make all these new, um, designs or you know it, it's very hard to explain because it's so visual it's funny we're, yeah. we're having a chat about something that i find so visual but obviously everybody can go check out some alcohol ink painting after they listen to this and get well, also, the visuals also tell people uh, about your social media so I they will. can actually see it yeah I will. Um, we could say it at the end but um well let me I, just, i'm sorry yeah, let me yeah. I, I feel like i i didn't um quite finished. So plastic paper, rubbing alcohol, like literally just isopropyl alcohol, either 91 or 99%. You don't want a lot of water in there. I use paintbrushes and I also use all different liquid inks that are pre-filled in all different colors. And I also use all different kinds of markers that are filled with different alcohol inks, different thicknesses, different types of tips. So I'm using multiple like different kinds of tools in order to achieve the look that I want on the page. And I mean, I've been practicing now for almost three years and I paint almost every day. So I might make it look easy, but it's definitely more a skill that I've just developed over time, like because I understand kind of what's going to happen if I put too much alcohol on the page or what's going to happen if it's a little drier or what's going to happen if I add this specific black to this, you know, so I've practiced enough and had enough failures that, you know, for me, like when you and I painted together, it was your first time, but it was like my <laughs> thousandth time. Right, right. So, yeah, I definitely can so, make it look easier. No, you you do. But because I was hands-on, I realized, you know, this really is work. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Dude, it's very time-consuming. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. Sure. How do you know when your work is complete? <gasps> I love that question. So Thanks. it's something that we talk <laughs> about. I talk about this all the time. And I have even asked myself that question. How do I know when it's done? And Todd, my partner, my boyfriend of 17 years almost, he had the best answer in the world to this. And it's, you know, it's done when you like it. That's mm. how you know it's done. If, well, I look at it, if I look at it and I go, oh, I like it. I like this. Then I'm, I'm, I'm usually that's the point where I'm done. If like, you I know go, what? You, I like you've it. done that yes. before. Go, and then the I next like day it. you're like, um, I need oh, to well, tweak it. Yeah, that's that's the perfectionist in me. I mean, right. sometimes it's I like it and it's done. And sometimes I like it, but it needs a tree. 
because right. everything needs a tree. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. I put a tree in a lot of my paintings, but uh, most of the time, if I I get to that point where I'm like, oh, I, I like it, I stop messing with it because it's really easy to, to screw it up because just a dot of alcohol on your page can ma- leave a huge blob. It's just right. a dot in the wrong place can just, you know, it just pools out. It just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like one drop spreads so fast right. that it can ruin a whole section. And so you have to be, if you really like it, you have to be like pretty secure and pretty sure that you want to add something to it. Typically, if I really like it, I just varnish it and I'm done because I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep going. I, right. I, I end up well, overpainting a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I know. I remember uh, last week you were like, you know, I'm nervous. I don't want to touch it because I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Yeah. So exactly. you were like, okay, I like it. I'm done. Like you exactly. have to literally pull yourself away from the painting. I do. I do. I know. Sometimes I'll just start another one right away because I just feel like I'm still in the mood to paint, but I don't want to ruin the one I'm working on. Exactly. So, um, is there a certain time during the day or night? Is there a preference when you like to sit down and start painting? Yes, there is actually. It's so funny. I, he, it's, I'm in Florida right now visiting our family, visiting you and our parents. And so yeah. here I have a little more flexibility because the light coming into the, the area that I'm painting is just pretty bright for most of the day. Um, where I live in New York... I have one huge window right behind me when I'm painting and there's like a few hours in the afternoon every day where the light is just so perfect and so bright. And it's the early afternoon where I just love to paint at that time of day because I love the natural light. So. Got it. And they, they have mom and dad have good light. Yeah. Um, Do you have any long-term goals with your art? Oh, hmm. I mean, I, Yes, I definitely do. I am very much interested in illustrating my own poetry. I have illustrated two decks of meditation cards already, but I would like to expand that and illustrate multiple books uh, for children and multiple types of meditation cards for kids and adults. Um, so yeah, those are definitely bigger projects Yeah, for long term. Um, do you... um? Do you have certain challenges? Like, is there like one big challenge of being an artist that you've ever faced? Money. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they call it starving artists for a reason. (laughs) I know. I mean, luckily Todd has a great job and, you know, he takes care of that for the most part. But I, I really think for most artists, especially in the beginning of their careers, and I would say I'm still in the beginning of my career as an artist because as far as the alcohol ink, it's only my third year using alcohol ink and it's been COVID for two years. Exactly. So I, I feel that I'm still in the beginning. And so in the beginning, yeah, you struggle. You struggle getting yourself known, getting your work out there, getting people interested in looking at it and then beyond looking at it and making a purchase. Right. And so, um, you know, that I think, and of course the creative part is the most fun part, but that's not it. If you have a business where you're actually selling your work, there's so much more that goes into it. So I need to book and pay for and plan all of the events, the pop-up shows that I do and do all this traveling and pack my car up and set up my, my tent and, you know, sell my work for a weekend and then pack it all up and go home and paint some more and do it all over again the next weekend. And so it is definitely challenging at this point um, for me to get it out there just because I'm person. Right. Well, that, so speaking of your tents, 
Um, so Marlo does um, fairs. I don't know if you'd call them exhibitions. Yeah, but I would call them like pop-up shows, pop-up, pop-up art shows. shows, and pop-up so, events. Yeah. So for uh, the New York listeners, when do you usually um, have these fairs? And, and what are some of the locations that you're at? So in New York, um, I really mostly stick to the like middle to lower Hudson Valley area and a little bit on Long Island. Um, I do the New Pulse Woodstock shows every year. There's a couple of those. They're amazing. Um, I used to do shows out in Montauk and I think I'm might be doing one out there this year. I do shows up at Mohonk Mountain House. Really, I just try to mix it up and to not be in the same area too many weeks in a row. So, you know, people don't get sick of me. (laughs) (laughs) No one will get sick of you. Well, you know, you you saturate a market. You know, if somebody has a couple of your pieces, they run out of walls. They run out of places to put things. I can attest to that. Yeah. You want to get around. Yeah. I know. But, um, Um, and I usually keep a list on my, um, uh, you know, on my social media of what events I have coming up. And in, in New York, the shows basically run from the end of April until December, um, so that's my season. Typically, I'll, I'm going to try and do shows in Florida next year, though. I know that would be so great because yeah. this time of year, wintertime, you know, that's when they're all out. I know. You know, it's not really in the hotter months. Um, and I was actually going to ask you um, to discuss how you promote your shows. Do you do it on social media? Yeah, typically at this point, I'm just doing, um, you know, blasts on, on social media. I really think it's time for me to get an email list going, even though I hate when people email me constantly, but I'm thinking if I can even just once a month, just send out an email blast with what events are coming up and maybe a little discount, a coupon or something. That's a Um, great idea. Yeah. Cause I, I just don't want to clog up anybody's inbox because I hate that. And then you end up just blocking that that you know like you get a million emails from a shoe store you're like okay get me off that list unsubscribe so if right. I, if i do something <laughs> like that it'll probably be very minimal maybe once a month so i right. guess i have to step it up to the next level to do that um and the other want- thing i think i can do to to help myself is to get into some more um stores and galleries i sell my art in some stores and galleries and i just need to expand on that as well So um, how do you usually prepare for an upcoming fair or exhibition? I am one of those people that basically keeps all of my inventory in my big car for the entire season because I live on a third floor walk up. And so, yes, I'm constantly painting new paintings and I'm constantly, you know, having to frame them and I'm constantly having to get prints of the new work. And then map them and get them in the little plastic bags and everything. So I am doing some prep work. But for the most part, I leave everything, all my inventory, all my displays, my tent, the weights, the tables, the walls, everything just stays in my car all the time. And just a little bit of the inventory will come in and out based on what I want to bring to a certain show. Mm -hmm. And so I really try to make it easy on myself if I can. Do you have like an ideal working environment? Like... Tell us how you work. Where do you work? And what I mean, I have an imaginary ideal working environment where I'm like, you know, in a little beach house, just painting when taking walks whenever I want. That's not reality. (laughs) No, it's a nice dream, though. When you're when you're here, you can, you know, get stay at the beach for a while. Yeah. But I mean, I 
I am very flexible. Like any table will do. I am at mom and dad's house. Of course, I have everything covered in plastic and newspaper because I don't want to get even a single dot of alcohol ink anywhere because it will stain. But at home, I've basically ruined my dining room table. And that's where I do my work because that's where the good light is. (laughs) Yeah. Is there, how's the light in the wintertime? It's fine as long as it's um, not completely an overcast day. I tend not to do a lot of painting on really overcast days or I have to use an artificial light. I I do have a really good artificial light at home, but I just prefer the natural light. Is it like a sun lamp? No, it's just one of those really big LED lights that just uh, you can set to a a daytime, um, you know, setting as far as like the color of the light. And so it, it kind of emulates that feeling of daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do that if I'm in the middle of something I really have to work on and it's not, I'm not getting the right light in the windows. It's just a preference having the, the sunlight coming in the windows and using yeah. that as my light. I just enjoy it. It feels good to me. Um, do you ever think about collaborating with other artists? Because, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking that you can have other artists like dancers or musicians when there's uh, maybe if you eventually get into a gallery if that's something you're thinking of and they, they could all be you know mutually beneficial to yeah help I'm open out. yeah I'm definitely open to collaborating with other artists for sure um, it's been really hard the last couple of years to really do any kind sure. of collaborative work mm-hmm. but it's something I would totally be open to if you know the right opportunity presented itself of course definitely yeah um so do you have one piece of art that you love the most that you've created recently or or do you just love everything you do like I know the one I know there there's definitely a few yeah it's funny there is a new piece I created while I was here in Florida that I really love and it's a, a different perspective painting than I usually do it's trees but you're looking at them from down below and mm-hmm. so um, it's just a very interesting one to look at but I do have favorites I I have a few of my favorites that I've actually kept and they're hanging in my own apartment you know I've few four I think um, including a painting of my dog. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. But and don't um, forget, it. she also uh, made a painting of the my dog Howard that we had to put down recently, and it she just captured baby who yeah. Howard was. Right? I mean, it was like the perfect. It was just I cried. It Aww. was such a. I still do when I see it. It's such a beautiful. Um, Thank you. Him. It looks just like him. I mean, um, he just had, he was the sweetest thing. So it wasn't like, I mean, I knew him. He was just uh, a love. So oh, it was easy yes, to was. kind of get his energy in there. And both Howard and my dog, Sammy, had made it into my children's guided meditation cards. Yay, so they're both, they're both <laughs> animal friends in the deck. I love <laughs> so it. Well, I want to talk really about fun. that in a second, but yeah. I, I am curious. This is just like my own personal question, but yeah. have you ever, um, had like a creative block and and if so do you have techniques for overcoming creative blocks um 
honestly, sometimes if I feel blocked, I will just sit down and copy another painting, whether it's a painting that it's from an artist who I like, and I'm not copying it to sell. I'm just copying the color palette or something for inspiration, or I'll even copy one of my own paintings to try and get inspiration, even if it's just about the composition or just, you know, I'll go back to something and I'll, I'll revisit it. Maybe I'll work on a series um, mm. just to get myself inspired again if I can't come up with something new. So that is helpful for me, just copying a piece of my old work, which right. I'm actually, I'm going to be making multiples of a piece I just made, the, the black and white piece that I, yes. I just posted the video of. And you, um, yeah, you and mom both like it. I'm going to make a bunch of those, which is good because I actually was feeling a little uninspired today because I've made so many paintings the last few weeks and I haven't really done anything else. Usually I make paintings and then I do other work, but here I don't have other work to do. So right. I'm just painting. So I felt like I really needed some inspiration. And so now I'm going to make multiples in this style. And so I don't really need to be inspired. I like, that's my inspiration. Right. So, right. so yeah. Um, would you say that art helps you in other areas of your life? For me, a hundred percent. It so definitely does. I think it helps with anxiety. You know, mm. I think it helps. And especially because so much of us has, have, have a lot of free alone time the last couple of years. And so sure. filling that alone time with being creative with art, it's the hours go by so much faster. It's so much more enjoyable. I feel like at the end of the day, even if it's a painting that I don't think I'm going to sell, I don't think is one of the ones I'll be printing. Um, or it just mm -hmm. isn't as good as, you know, I wanted it to be. I still feel like I was productive during the day. I feel like I, because even if I can't sell it, I learned something. I honed in on a skill, you know, on one of my skills or I, I, maybe I'm, I'm working on a technique. So not every painting I'm painting to sell some paintings I'm painting just to practice. And so well, you know, it helps, it, like I said, it helps with my anxiety for sure. That's well, you like know, the biggest thing. Right. And, and one of the best things that helps with anxiety is distraction or changing your behavior. So for you to get really into what you're doing, you, you can, you can forget about what's really happening that's causing the anxiety because you're focusing on something else. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes the anxiety isn't even necessarily caused by anything. It's just that I have too much time on my hands sometimes, right? you know, because I'm not working outside of the house except at my outdoor events and that's only on the weekends. Right. And so, you know, sometimes it's, you can't even really do anything because it's not really caused by anything except this excess of like all of this time and your mind has too much time to think. Exactly. And so... Um, yeah. And I just can't, I've always been like my adult life. I've always been the person that I can only have the TV on if I'm actually being productive while it's on. I can't right? just sit on the couch and watch TV all day. So I it's also a good way. excuse for me to watch cheesy TV shows. Is, <laughs> oh, I'll paint. I'll paint something yeah, so I can watch a cheesy shows. TV show. <laughs> the crime shows that you love. Yes. All right. So let us talk about your meditation cards because obviously I've seen them. Well, actually yeah. let's, let's talk first about the first set of cards that you came out with, which were um, uh, the spirit trees. This, yeah. Talk about that. And what, what kind of motivated you or into doing that? That one um, was actually, I think I printed that one up maybe three years ago. 
now. Yeah, it's been a while. So um, that one was my watercolor trees. So each card just has a simple watercolor tree painting on it. There are 74 cards, I believe, and they're all different trees. And each tree has a single word on it. And each word is just supposed to either inspire you to think about maybe this is something you need in your life. Maybe this is something you have too much of in your life. Maybe this is something you hyper-focus on. Maybe this is something that somebody you know needs in their life, whatever it is, however you can connect to that word, um, it can be very, it just can be very inspiring. And so the reason I created the cards was more because I think it started with me that, you know, sometimes I felt like I didn't necessarily have a direction in my day or in my week. And, you know, you want to maybe set an intention or a goal for the day. And sometimes I couldn't do that on my own. And mm. so having these cards and being able to pull out a card with just a single word on it can help me to really think about, well, where do, what direction do I want to go in this day or this week or this month? You don't have to pull a card every day. You can pull a card once a week. And so it's funny because I pulled a card the other day and it was Imagine. Oh. And it was just the other day. It was so funny. And I love that one because that one is so good for so many things like imagine. And so I was just thinking like, imagine what I can do next with my art. Imagine, you know, all the potential. Like it was, it was a good thing because I've been, I think a little stressed about money like everyone else right now. And yeah. so imagine kind of sent me thinking in the opposite direction. Imagine all of the good things that can happen. Imagine all of the, like the, the next step in my life and in my art that can happen. And so that was inspiring for me. It actually lifted my mood a little bit. And it's so, it, you can definitely turn your negative thoughts that you might be having at that moment into something more positive, which changes your outlook, your behavior, yeah. your demeanor, all of that. And so now let's talk about the, the most recent cards that you've done, which are just right. Amazing. So, so the original deck that I had done was geared towards mostly adults. I mean, kids use it too. It's funny. And actually an eight year old and her dad purchased the deck because they do yoga together every day. And she wanted to use uh, the deck to begin their yoga lesson every morning to pick a card and use that to inspire them. And so even though it was geared towards adults, that first deck, I do have children using it, but this second deck I've made was geared towards children. And the funny thing is, I, I forgot this. Thank you for reminding me. I think the one of the main reasons I started using alcohol ink is because I had already thought in my mind that I wanted to create a guided meditation deck for children, but I knew yeah. that I wasn't a good enough watercolor artist to ever do it. And I wanted to be the one that made all the paintings. And so when I discovered alcohol ink and I realized that you can combine the markers and um, the liquids. And I realized that I had more control over it than I had with watercolor. And I started making better paintings. I realized I could illustrate my own deck of cards for children. And right. so two years, it took two years of painting. And out of about 200 paintings, I selected 75 of them. And I created a meditation deck of cards for children. And there's a painting on the one side of every single card, but there's the beginning of a story on the back of every card. Mm -hmm. And so that's what makes it good for kids is that it's like having a book, but it's right. not like having one book. It's like having multiple books with a choose your own ending. And so there are travel companions, there are animal friends, there are adventure cards. 
And there are the four tree cards, which if you're interested, I will tell you more about them. Yes, absolutely. um, The four tree cards are the worry tree, the happy memory tree, the tree of gratitude, and oh my gosh, I'm losing it. Worry tree, happy memory tree, and the wishing tree. And so every adventure begins with one of those trees because I think it's good to get those thoughts out of your brain before you want to go on an imaginary adventure. What am I worried about? What am I thinking about that I really want? Or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, they get to put that memory or that worry on the tree at the beginning of the, the adventure so that then they can go on and just focus on the animal friend, the travel companion and the place that they're going that they've chosen from this deck of illustrated cards. Right. So hopefully that made sense because it's it's a little complicated to explain it. Without no, it does. Things. But we, we've spoken about this before that when our kids were young, we had that book that, um, told a story but only half of it and it was a great book to um, read to um, the kids where it was a book of several different stories and let's say one would talk about uh, a forest and Mm -hmm. the story would begin and it would just end abruptly but it would allow the child's brain to continue on with the story in their dreams which is and that's why these cards are so great because it can really not not just with kids, but you know, but even with adults who have insomnia, they can yeah. look at one of these cards, and it could not only calm them down, but it can allow their brain to continue on with that story in their dreams. Right. I mean, that's that's basically one of the things that I hope will happen is that kids will start to be able to calm themselves and soothe themselves without having to yell for mommy, you know, like our kids did every time they woke up in the middle of the night. If they have the, you know, they choose their few cards with them that they want for that night and they put it on their nightstand when they go to bed. Now, if they're readers, it's great because they can read it themselves. But if they're not readers, the pictures really can inspire their imaginations too. And they, and even a three-year-old will memorize the cards after a few weeks. Um, and, and so, but yeah, so that it can be something that they use to continue the story in their imagination when they're awake or asleep. They can use it for writing. They can use it for sleeping. They can use it when they're dreaming. Like there's so many uses for it. Yeah. And what I love about the cards too is, you know, and, and you kind of said this before, but it's so true. Sometimes when you read one word or you read an an inspiring sentence, it can literally just change your entire outlook for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, and it can help you be more positive or more motivated or more inspired. I think it's great. So uh, we're going to wrap this up, but can you please let everyone know how they can find you on social media like what so you're using I, every, my, my name of my business and my art is just groovy chick art. So groovy, like, you know, the sixties and seventies, like groovy man, <laughs> <laughs> groovy chick, like also the sixties and seventies, that chick is cool. Cause that's me. <laughs> and that's art. Right. So groovy chick art. And I, I do own the domain groovy but I've done nothing with it. But Instagram, um, Facebook, TikTok, it's Groovy Chick Art. You can find me all over the place. And I usually post my schedule on all my social media. So you can find me at pop-ups as well. Perfect. And, you know, follow her, like her, like her videos. I'm telling you, they are, especially the ones you just started on TikTok, like maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm a newbie. 
She's a newbie and she does have a bunch of followers, but a show would be great to get more followers. And Yes, but the, the fun thing is now I'm taking these um, time-lapse videos yeah. of myself, of the painting, of when I'm painting each piece. And so I've got at least about a dozen already posted of all of my recent paintings and you get to see like a little glimpse into how I actually paint them. It's really fun. It's so much fun. And it, you know, because it's time lapse, it does go fast, but you can yeah. get a sense. Yeah. And, and you can just see her like just starting with like an ocean and <laughs> then there's rocks and it's just, and, and just, you can see her creativity sped up really fast, but it's so cool to see what it starts from and how it ends. Really right. cool. So, all right. Well, this was fun, Marla. Thanks for joining me. Hope everyone sure. enjoyed this podcast. And don't forget if uh, you want to touch base with me, feel free to uh, go onto Instagram, Facebook at nothing but Julie, um, or feel free to DM me if you have any particular topics you'd like for me to discuss. So until next week, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Bye.